the great debates. And Showtime. I'd like to begin the session here now, if everybody's into it out there. Um, I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. And I'm going to ask my good friend Steve Healy to take the pro okay. on a micro debate. All right. And the topic is this. If your good friend is really serious about having a funeral for their dog and there's catering and an open bar, you should attend provided you don't have anything else going on. Okay. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. A lot of things going on there in that topic. To me, it's like double. You should definitely go. If if the topic were just if your good friend is having an event with catering and open bar, then you should go to that, especially if you don't have anything to do. The, the main objection has been eliminated. Plus, now we've added the emotional element that it's they're serious about having a funeral for their dog. So this is kind of a meaningful moment to them. And you may not think a dog deserves the same treatment as a human in terms of funerals or whatever, but obviously it's important to them. They've taken the time and trouble to arrange a caterer and an open bar. And yeah, I think you should show up for your friend. I think that's one of the most important things you can do in life. Um, if it were a human funeral, you should definitely go. And if it were a dog funeral, same rule. Did you know the dog? Did you have Dave. a relationship with the dog? Or are you just going to show up and like get a free drink and say like, hey, man, sorry for your loss. Because if that's what you're going to do, then like, yeah, that's all you, I, we don't that's need all you, you there. That. No, but I'm saying like, that's not that's not a good way to be present for your friend. Like this person, like like as you just said, if you're in fact, I already hear you having the attitude of like, oh, you may not think that like this is a big deal, but you should still just show up. That's not the frame of mind that your friend is going to be in. If he's having an actual funeral for his dog, it's a somber, serious event. And if you're just there to like hang out. I mean, like, why is the open bar a factor in this at all? If that is swaying your thinking, then you're in the wrong headspace to be at a what is a very important event for your friend. Sometimes it's better to, like, be there for your friend later on when you're in the right frame of mind to help them grieve. If you're going just to, like, pound a few beers because his dog passed away and it's a good excuse to swing by, better to stay away. It's not implied that you're going to go in there with a bad attitude. And they've gone to the trouble of having the bar and the, the catering, presumably because they want you to be comfortable and calm. And yeah, just being there is so important to people when they're in a tragic moment. Uh, it matters a lot to them. Even if you're not necessarily, you don't have to be feeling the sorrow that they feel. I wouldn't expect that you would. It's not your dog, but maybe you've met the dog. It doesn't even matter. As long as your friend is in a place where they could use some support, They've put together this event for the purpose of gathering just, some it's people. It's crazy to me how up, how, how like you're up. unable to understand this this the severity of the situation. Eh, maybe you met the dog. Like you're still not getting what a big deal this is for the person who's having the dog funeral. Like you're seeing this as a party. You're seeing this as like no, eh, I get it. I can't. I right? totally you know, get you it. Met the I've, dog or whatever. I'll it's I'll, I'll like get a, really sad when my dogs die, but you know, it's not my dog. I'm not going to be that sad. And I don't have to be, I don't even have to pretend to be, I can just go and say, Hey, I'm really sorry. Obviously you went to some trouble to put together this event. You must be feeling really low. And as your friend, I'm going to show up and be there for you. And, uh, thanks and for the beer. Few, I'm going to have I'd one. Get oh, a few these, free drinks. These little here. hot dogs so are really good. Oh, the, and um, these little yeah. shrimp coquettes. 
I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that on the day of my dog's funeral. If oh, you, you know, and I'm not. I think you that, might. Like, and no also, we're leaving come. out the sort of ce- we're leaving out the sort of celebration of life element that might be part of this. Like this could. Yeah, really I be wish a, you were prepared to do that. But all I've heard so far is like, oh, maybe you all met right. the dog. Maybe you think it's a little silly to be having a dog funeral. Your attitude about this you know what is I, exactly I would I would go up the to type the, of I, attitude of the person I would not want to come to the funeral less lest, excuse me, I end up getting annoyed at that person for, like, trying to make this into the kind of occasion that I don't think it should be. I would have a beer, I would have a mini pizza, and then I'd go up to you and I'd say something like, tell me about your dog, or how are you feeling about your dog, or what should I be sure to know about your dog? And you're holding a mini pizza while you're doing this? It's like, get fucked. (laughs) You provided that, Dave. I'm not bringing the mini pizzas. (laughs) It's the way you're eating it. I could tell it's the way you're eating it. I didn't know it was going to be a trap when you invited me to your dog's funeral. That's that's it. That's what you didn't know. This was all all a test. (laughs) A trap. Davis, (laughs) I want to commend you on making a good and spirited effort here. Um, But uh, although heels, maybe it's a, I I just want to start by saying like, maybe it's a softball and this is mostly for the listener's benefit. But I think that you, you, you may have like shown how we might act in other situations where our friends need support. It's honorable to reach Mm. out to your friends and give them support when they ask for it. If they're creating a funeral for their dog and they're going through the effort of of having an open bar, that means they're saying like, look, I I get that you have objections to this, but I need you right now. And I'm, I'm doing what, you know, I'm playing my part to get you to show up for me. So please do it. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to do. And I think I, I was impressed by Heel's sort of rendering of the morals there. So, okay, cool. Thanks. I, I want to say that I really enjoyed <laughs> Dave's argument there. I thought he would go you know with what? like Healy, honestly, save it. I'd, I'd but, <laughs> just <laughs> save it. <laughs> um, okay. The mini pieces nice. was, was strong, though. Right. You know what kind of drives me crazy is when Healy pretends like he, like he's <laughs> never heard his topics before. Like he wrote, he came up with this topic, and I think it's a good one. <laughs> you you pulled out goes, you pulled that on me all the time. You pulled that on me what? all the time. When you, you made me debate Harvard as a vibe. That was your topic. I start talking yeah. about it. And you immediately go, ugh, d- disgust. <laughs> okay, you came up about with what? it. You made me do it. No, no, Harvard, Harvard is a vibe. A vibe. <laughs> yeah okay maybe that's true but in this case it was like you go you, you hear the it's topic and then you go, okay a lot going on here as if you like did like as if it fell from the sky and was randomly chosen or something you came up with all of these specifics well that's how we play the game isn't it you know i know i know it's fine i guess i'm just a maybe i'm a little heated um yeah okay, but it well, is a bit of we're a talking about dog like funerals pl- that's gonna be emotional <laughs> It is. I well, I mean, look. I it brings me to a place I don't want to have to think about, um, as it did for you too. I'm sure. Hey, you pause got three for a second, guys. Yeah, Dave. I feel like your audio is not. I don't know. I, if it's know. Just me, I don't know what's going on, but I quality of your audio. <laughs> I, it's not just you. I can tell because you guys are like flipping in and out too, and I don't know what's going on. I know that it's it is me, but I don't know. 
Give me one second. Let me try to get on switch to the other network and see if that's better. Spectrum, you know, yeah, Time Warner, Verizon, whatever. Yeah, dude, you're getting a Dell. Yeah, that's good. Are we in? Are we in host chat? Yeah, I think mm. so. I think I let's take so. us there. If we weren't yeah. before, have you ever been uh, to a dog funeral? Does anyone have any host chat themes? I never have. I would go if invited. I um, would definitely go, clearly. even if there wasn't an open bar. I think. Yeah. What do you think was the most attended dog funeral in history? That's have to have been one. Wonderful question. It's like first thought is that it was like a pharaoh's dog or something. Or they were cat people, though. Uh huh. Right? Yeah, they were cat right. people, kind of. Lassie, like, maybe. What I about don't know. Balto? Well, Lassie, yeah. Rin Tin Tin. How many get dogs were Lassie, though? Right. Yeah. Right. Good question. <laughs> How many dogs were Lassie? A lot. Well, also, I feel like there used to be hero dogs that would like save people and everyone would know about them. Oh, there's definitely some big like New York police and L.A. police dogs that have. Oh, a lot. wow. Yeah. Were there any 9-11 dogs? I'm there sure. were. There were nine. There were also 9-11 cats. Um, I know that for sure. There must have been. There had I can't be. tell if you're doing a bit or what. There <laughs> no, were I'm not. Cats. I remember. No. What's that? There were 911 cats. <laughs> yes, there were that like survived the rubble or something. I know this because like in early 2002 I was working at a show and we were we had like a fake we were talking about a fake pitch for an animated show about the 911 cats. I feel like there was like a New York Post story or something about the cats of 9 the, the survived 911. Let me check this out really quickly. Huh. Maybe this was all in my head. Okay. I'm not laughing if this is no, no, no. It was me a show. The first responders found Phoenix barely alive at Ground Zero in the rubble of 9/11 attack. I mean, that's there you go. Well, anyway, okay, maybe we should move on to debates. Probably, yeah. I'm ready to get us back into it. Yeah, (laughs) just in case it gets worse. Yeah, Um, let's let's keep going. (laughs) You know, okay. I got another top. Believe it or not. And I think we just want Healy taking the pro again, you know? Do we want to stick with what works here? Yeah. So Heels, here you go. The topic is we pretty much understand economics. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. I'm not sure if we're taking like humanity or us specifically, but I'll defend both. I think that we have a pretty good grasp on what drives economic markets uh, and the basic sense of principles. We cannot make perfect predictions. Let me get ahead of that right now. We just can't. Uh, but we understand baseball, and we can't predict what's going to happen in the end of uh, tonight's Dodger game. So that doesn't. That, don't let Dave, uh, if he tries to distract you with that. But we basically understand how money works, how people operate, how uh, the money supply works, how supply and demand works. Uh, economics is really about uh, resource allocation, and we understand the we understand enough to know the problems even. And and we don't have perfect solutions. I wouldn't expect us to, but we basically have a grasp of the driving engines, the definitions of serious terms. Are there much more to learn, of course, and I look forward to learning it 
along with all of you, but I think that we basically do understand uh, economics and that allows us to live uh, in the wonder, the, the, the evidence is all around us, that we have the things we need and that, uh, th- th- of course, there are gaps there, but basically society keeps getting richer and richer and richer, or the world does rather, and that's good. That's a sign that we know how to allocate things effectively, and that's great. I love when Healy's argument includes the evidence is all around us, and then he doesn't give any examples of evidence that we understand economics. Economics is a relatively young science. Whether or not we have terms for things doesn't actually mean that we understand it. You could come up with terms for anything in the first few years of the a, a burgeoning discipline. That doesn't mean that you understand how things actually work. If we truly had a grasp of, un, of of economics, which, as you said, is about how money is allocated, it's mostly about money, then the people who understood economics the best would be the people with the most money. Economics professors would be the richest people in the world. They would say, I understand how this works better than anyone else. I'm going to understand how to allocate the resources to my advantage better than anyone else. And they're not. That's simply not the way it is. The reason for that is that we don't have a true understanding of what economics is, or if we do, it's a very, like, primitive, embryonic understanding of what the very basics of economics are. If you want to say that the evidence is all around us, I would say, yes, it is, but the evidence that, uh, but it's evidence that we do not have a, a sound understanding of economics. Every day, you will have people who claim to both be experts on economics, who will predict that it's going to be a bull market, that it's going to be a bear market, that the stock market's going to go up, that it's going to go down, that we have a recession coming, that we have, uh, that we have growth coming, that inflation is going to continue to rise, that inflation is going is going to start abating. People cannot agree on what the future holds. People cannot even agree on what the present state of economics is. All of these are indications that we don't have a very good understanding of economics yet. Okay, Dave leads off with a fallacy that basically every like clever eighth grader has thought of, which is like, you know, if you understand economics, how come you're not really rich? Well, look, we all can think through that. There's a lot of reasons why economic professors aren't really rich. They may not prioritize money. Their job is expanding knowledge. They may not be focused on that. They may not have the ability to practically execute on understandings that they have. I'd argue Dave probably understands baseball better than a guy who's like a triple A third baseman, but it doesn't translate into his being good at baseball. It's understanding and effective uh, execution can be very different in many disciplines. Are you suggesting that that. there's a talent to executing economics that's in any way similar to the talent necessary to hit a baseball? It's absurd. Understanding economics may be connected to making money. I don't think you could make money without having some sense of some certain principles of economics, but to have a high-level understanding of economics and making money are not necessarily correlated. I mean, that's uh, what I'm you saying. think of people who are yeah, really rich. They that. didn't you're get rich by because... understanding economics. That's not how that works. You're saying that it's because... Jeff Bezos the... didn't get rich because he understood economics. He had the right skills, computer programming, right, exactly. uh, banking, financial engineering at exactly the right time. He had the right insight. That, exactly. That's not necessarily an understanding of economics. It was a combination of a certain set of skills at the, certain, at the right time. Now, an economics professor could look at that and understand and unpack for us in probably ways Bezos didn't even realize why it is that Bezos was the right guy at the right time and why Amazon succeeded in the way it did, including, by the way, an element of luck. Everybody who understands economics would know that they 
there are things, there are um, complexities and uh, cases of, you know, three-body problems where the, the, the ability to uh, predict things is just impossible no matter how much knowledge you have. So well, you I think that that's that is just, a just not a powerful situation. Argument. You can't just say, because like... I don't think so. You keep saying that like, oh, that like to understand, so this is sort of what it seems to be coming down to is like, you're sort of saying like, well, to understand something doesn't necessarily mean to predict the future, but like... We understand baseball to the yeah. extent that people can um, – that people have like a uh, a probabilistic understanding of what the outcome is going to be. So like – Yes, the, if, yes. If someone, and I think we have a lot of that in okay, economics. Okay, so if we were For in sure. a world where there, there was there, a, there are right now 6,000 people at the feds coming up with probabilistic models uh, okay. of monetary policy. Whether right. we'll okay. execute it perfectly depends on political factors, sociological factors uh, – how I understand is that, and likewise, there's thousands of factors it. and variables that go into the outcome of a baseball game, right? There's like luck, there's weather, there's whatever, health, there's a million different mm -hmm. things other than just the talent of a baseball player. Mm -hmm. But if you'll please let me just finish this analogy yeah. for a minute. If there was, if we lived in a world where like the difference in understanding of baseball was as different as the difference in understanding of economics, you would have people who would be able to exploit the betting markets of baseball uh, in such a way that they would get almost infinitely rich off of it, which is to say that, like, if you could bet, if you could make wagers against what the average understanding of baseball is, if you were a baseball savant and understood how to apply uh, or, or to put it more simply, if you had the understanding of baseball that we have now Please. and went back to 1960 even and were able to bet on baseball games then, you would make a fortune because you would be much better at predicting the outcome than people are that people were in 1960. We don't have that in economics we, because people like – Oh, absolutely. Are, if we went back to 1960, we would be able to make a killing, no question. Okay, uh, well, sorry, that might be true, but what I'm saying is that, like, we don't have, the, there aren't people, there are people today who are way more uh, educated in economics than there are other people, which is not so the case in baseball. Like, it's very easy to pick up a newspaper and see, like, what is the wisdom of crowd say is going to happen in tonight's baseball game. That's not the case in economics. There's people who can, like, study every single variable of it and should know better than other people. But their guess as to what's going to happen isn't better than other people's. And again, if it was, they would all be super wealthy. So what ends up happening instead is you have, like, people like Michael Burry or the big short people who make like one or two great guesses about what's going on and they make a ton of money, but then they're not right the next time. If we had a sound understanding of economics, then the same people would be right over and over again as they were in other disciplines. That's not what happens in economics. You have people who are I, right actually, once I think and then they're not right like again. Looped <laughs> Your argument's like looped around on itself because actually there aren't, I, I don't know of any baseball bettors who are even a hundred millionaires and there are many 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 people who have become hundred millionaires or billionaires basically by making correct bets on economics now you could argue that that's just random but of i think it's a consistency with like somebody said, like jim simmons or, or those same people end up losing equal amounts of money because the state because I, uh, there isn't it's it's not an exact science yet that's the problem like every time like i mean i remember I, recently i, I tweeted this headline <laughs> that it was like um, that uh, uh, I tweeted something that was like the headline was uh, something like uh, 
the stock market is up and nobody knows why or whatever. Like, there's so many times when there are, are economic realities that uh, no I mean, one can the even The angels explain. could beat the Dodgers and people could be like, nobody knows why. It What's happens. That? That that happens, I mean, it happens all the time that an unlikely baseball team beats a much better baseball team. And, you know, nobody knows why they beat them on that particular well, night. They got knows, hot. The energy fine. was if, right. They, Healy, the, if you're suggesting that if that nobody knows why the outcome one happened, day of the stock market is not a good we don't have a good under, That we basically don't understand baseball. Now, I think we do usually no, 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 know just, why a just team over, wins or loses a baseball game, but we don't know per- why certain economic conditions exist. Not nearly as much. A particular a particular event like like uh, the stock market being up or down on a particular day or even over a particular period and us not being able to explain exactly why mm-hmm. doesn't matter if we can explain basically why the stock market goes up over time, basically why, why the stock market has continued to go up over time. I mean, you. In fact, because that's just it, a, Healy, that's a it's great, tiny event. You've you've really well it's encapsulated. One tiny I agree with you about that being a good encapsulation of our understanding of economics. We have a basic understanding of very big, large trends, but we don't yet have a granular understanding of the millions and thousands of variables that go into. Every we don't have perfect knowledge, and that, true, yeah, but well, we have a fa- okay. The well, same way we have an understanding said, the basic laws of physics, basic, basic laws of chemistry, and we don't have specific knowledge. And I would say that is exactly the level yeah, we're that's at. Pretty, and that's we why pre- we isn't pretty the topic much, we pretty okay, much well, understand pretty much, economics. Say that we pretty much don't understand economics. If you can't explain, if the best economists in the world can't explain why the stock market went up or down on a given day, which is the example you brought up, then well, I would say that means that we don't have a pretty good understanding of economics. Like what's more, like they, there's they, only they can't explain things. it. They can't there's, explain it. The reason no, why the stock market that, went up or down on a given day no, no, is because no. there are more buyers than sellers, or more sellers than buyers. We know that it's understood. Why there happened to be more buyers than sellers that particular day could be any number of factors. It could be the weather in uh, New York. It could be the weather somewhere else. It could I be understand the mood. that, but it's not. It just could the be people, uh, the it's vibe. Not just that we might not know it. It's that doesn't that mean we don't understand it. If, if, in the field we don't have all, infinite all disagree about what the why is. How can that represent in a a deep understanding of a science if the leaders in the field all have different take? If you turn on MSNBC, you'll get nine different opinions in 30 seconds about why the market went up or down. You'll have people with the exact opposite takes on what the explanation is for what something happened, for yeah, why they something happened, for why 24 hours what's of about TV. To You're talking about CNBC. Right, MSNBC will be even worse, and yet I think we basically I understand yes, politics. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I'm so sorry, I made a grave mistake. It's kind of an illuminating example because I think we mm. basically understand politics too. They're still yapping all day long on MSNBC because that's like what they do, it's, it's part of human life, it's fun, and that's a sign of a flourishing discipline, not one that's uh, if we didn't understand it, we wouldn't talk about it at all, we'd be afraid of it the way we're afraid yeah, of it. I mean, uh, that's sure, if there was cable or, TV or things, back in the day, we can't call it. Then the end of the people universe. talking all day long about like di- their different opinions about why the shape of your skull predicts your personalities. But we decided that that like that was a flourishing uh, discipline for a very long time, and people put like tons of resources. I mean, into it, it was a fad for a couple decades, but economics has been around basically since Aristotle, and we have a pretty good grasp on it. That's why our, our houses are full of stuff and okay, stuff so moves around and money's changing hands right now at the second from right. every country to every other country and co- corporations can get funded without uh, 
people have okay, let's just get some bars basics. of gold let's anywhere. Just, it just hold it on. gets let, done. Let me push back on a little bit of that, which is yeah. that the idea that economics Please. has been around since Aristotle, I think, is a little bit unfair. <laughs> I think that like while economic ideas may have existed in the time of Aristotle, economics as a science okay, that we understand. Move it up today. to Adam Smith, whatever. Yeah, it's been exactly. around for a couple centuries. Yes. You're not gonna like, That's fine. I mean, I, th- you, I think there were people in Greece and Rome who were doing what we'd call I'm economics. sure there were, they were, but if you take the econ- if you take Ec one or Ec one oh one at a college they're going to spend maybe the first lecture talking about anything before Adam Smith and then everything else is going to be Adam Smith moving forward. Yes, that to me suggests, I mean, I would say the same thing about psychology, which is like a relatively equally old science. I wouldn't say we have like a a basically understand psychology. Look at the, I mean, the fact that you said- We've talked about psychology before. It's basically junk that started around 1900 and we're just kind of lumping in stuff like philosophy and religion and whatever. Economics is pretty serious and rigorous. We've been able to manage uh, national banks for hundreds of years. We've been able to do international we have transactions. About whether, uh, chief economic, <laughs> economists even disagree about whether there should be national banks, what their purposes should be, how much debt we should have, what the role of the treasury should be, what the role of currency should be, how much we should be issuing. How could that be a science that's actually well understood? No, no, no. The, the, the actual differences are very minor. We all agree that there should be a central bank to stabilize them. The, uh, unless you're an extremist, you agree there should be a central bank that should stabilize the monetary fund or the the fund of money flowing around. We understand that. We know why that is. These are basic stuff that allows society to flourish. I, I think if we, I'll, I'll close my argument by saying this. If we didn't understand economics, we'd all be living in huts. The reason why we can fly places to places, the reason why you and I are talking right now through a Riverside, you know, internet, Zoom-like thing to make the... Uh, it's possible you and I don't understand economics because we don't get paid enough for doing this podcast, but we do it as an exchange uh, because we like it and we have fun doing it. That's economics. That's us at work. We get it. The technology exists because people understand it. Here we are. What a dumb example that like we wouldn't be able to fly to places without an understanding of economics. Like that's that was pure mechanical trial and error of like two guys who operated a bike shop and by the by pure will and understanding of science and zero economics like <laughs> were able to innovate. Well, sure. I mean, you can show up at the airfield and. And yeah, 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 but you can use your credit card to buy a ticket uh, two months from now, and the airline can budget for the for the fuel and get the seats right and allocate the resources. What we're yeah, talking see, about, but correctly. none of you, but none almost of that all flights really, are full. As every but, once in a while, people. None of that is substantively different from what was happening before Aristotle, where people paid for goods and services using either a primitive form of no, currency or other back then or it was other a, goods. It was very primitive system we've we've advanced a lot in our understanding you'll agree to that right we pretty much in understand our understanding that. i would say we've advanced the technology yeah. like the example you gave is that you can use a credit card it's not that like we that like the average consumer somehow use, uses like the levers of economics to, to their like advantage a, to buy a ticket somehow a thracian like tribesman or something you know what's that the concept of a credit card, I think, would have been difficult to explain before the rise of economics. I feel like it was, it's like, why? How hard is that? It's like, I give you this thing and I don't it says that like, I, that, that like you owe me a certain amount of stuff. And like, if you don't pay me back on time, then I mean, I could. Yeah, but the interest rate and how it's working, oh how it's God. getting paid, it would be difficult to understand and comprehend the points. I mean, maybe for you, if points. you're dumb, that's the end of my closing statement. Dave. I know, I, I, it's a joke. I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> I, I obviously <laughs> didn't mean that.
Hmm. Mm. Davis, how do you think Melted. we await? <laughs> What's that? I said, did how you do you think how you did? I think? Uh, give myself yeah. like a C plus or something. I don't feel great about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, here's, uh, so there's so many intangibles with the debate, right? Part of it is the substantive points that, that each party makes. Part of it is the clock control, right? Mm. Part of it is what you might, uh, an analogy in football would be possession time, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a there's time when the other team is on defense when they can't score and even though they're talking maybe they're defending and that's not earning that's just like keeping from losing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I I do feel that heels had a big edge on on possession time here um, and made a for me a really compelling point just about the allocation of resources. I think the airplane's a pretty good <laughs> example. Really? I'm sorry to say. Okay. No, hey, yeah, that's fine. I and do. I'll take, I mean, I'll, take I the, think, I'll take the L. That's fine. I you think know. that and then there there were just a couple of I think the whole 1960 thing didn't go your way. Uh that could be. Uh, that could be. Uh look I and it's I've watched it's, enough it's um, so I, funny how it yeah. yeah. I was going to say I've watched enough uh, I've watched enough Top Chef to know that when the first thing you get asked is how do you think you did? Uh you didn't you didn't do great. <laughs> That's always what they lead with. You know this this debate didn't go where I thought it was which would would be like how do we understand economics, which I don't mm. think we do. <laughs> no. I, it I sort of just took do. on a life of its own. Did yeah. you take F10 I, in college? But that would have been fun too. I took uh, economics AP in high school. Uh, yeah. Uh, that covered me, I think. Okay. Sorry. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I'm not arguing I understand economics. I, I don't I don't even think econom- economists really understand it. They're constant. Like, do you know, you? the Fed today, they don't know what they're doing. Like, they don't, <laughs> they know. don't know what their mission is. They don't know how to do it. But they just then babble. again, like, what are we trying? Like, what does it mean to the... Debate comes down to what does it mean to understand <laughs> economics? And I think the reason that Healy wins is because he crystallized a version of what it means to understand it, which is that we have a modern world where money flows and people travel and goods and services pass with relative ease and that we're not living in huts. And that's what it means to understand economics. And according to that definition, we do. I but mean, that is really about like getting your arms around it a very nebulous thing. Do you think in two or 300 years, we'll look back on our understanding now and think it was like incredibly crude? Yes. Yes. And it will have, I think almost mostly to do with like inequality, right? Mm. Like that was, I think if there's anything left on the table, it's the idea that hold on our current vision of economics is about rewarding a few people for like gouging everybody else and grabbing it all. And what a true understanding of economics might look like would be all of the world's wealth spread around evenly. So everyone could live in a, you know, wonderful enjoyment and peace and harmony. Right. You know, it's and when we do someday understand that we'll look back and be like, what the fuck? Remember, Medina, I don't know what year you took Act 10. We might have taken it together or something. Although, I think, whatever. It's I don't know, possible. 
Yeah, but I, there was, I remember six um, or seven. Yeah, I think I took it a, a year or two after you. But um, there was this like renegade group of students who would who went around to the different sections of Act Ten. By the way, Act Ten for the listeners is like the huge. It's like what, like seven hundred people take it each year or something. It's a huge. At least, yeah, maybe a thousand okay, so, people. Maybe a thousand. And um, they would go around each section. They were like, um, we. Their basic thing was like the whole way that we like measure and study economics is wrong and we're starting a group that like can supplement the way we're studying this with like a better with basically the thing that you're talking about uh medina and like the sort of i, I actually remember that it, the the group got written about in one of adbusters uh, magazines or books or something and like that sort of adbusters example of this is that like we that like the exxon valdez bill was like good for the gdp and so like our whole it's like things that are bad can still end up being measured as right. good, like the way the economy yeah. is uh, evaluated. And I was like, good for these kids. I don't think it's actually going to gain any traction here in school, but maybe somewhere down the line. When, when I was at, when we were at Harvard, I, I remember people talking about the idea that Harvard was a relatively liberal, call, like, faculty it right we had like Reagan's right? chief in economist con- teaching yeah yes yeah yes feldstein was there we read the Milton freeman textbook richard pipes was there robert nozick was there oh, yeah. alan dershowitz was like a fucking celebrity yeah. there it's yeah. crazy to <laughs> think about weird. how these arch conservatives <laughs> were like running amok there i don't know Weird time. Well, you know, if you're doing well enough in economics and making money, then you can, there's a lot of room for liberal goody goodyism in every other department. But that's really one where they don't want to screw around with. They don't want to mess around. I'd argue that that's evidence that we we understand it in kind of a brutal it's one of the sciences we take the most seriously. He, like we're not, the debate not is over, about. man. You don't, you don't need you, the debate is over, and you won. Okay, like you were. Oh, given, come on, we're just talking here. I'm not trying to be. We a, were just talking, and then you started debating again. Oh, I didn't. I didn't mean to, Dave. I apologize. No, I just I'm was just, exploring the topic further. No, I think you, I think you're. I kind of know what you mean, but also I want. Like, to don't you think that's evidence that we do understand it? That like. Mm. It's kind of like hardcore and agreed upon, and a thousand people are there to go to the first lecture. I, right. No. To get in. I mean, I don't know. Get in the door. I think it's mostly just because, like, most people are like, oh, I got, I want to learn about money. Like, yeah. That's, but then on the I other think, hand, Dave, the thing the you said about the GDP. It. Yeah. It is telling that, like, every economics measure you can talk about, like, whenever they, there's never one where it's like, yeah, if that's up, it's good. It's always like, well, it's, you know, it's kind of, but then there's this twist and blah, blah, blah. There's never one that's, like, obviously good for everybody. Uh, well, un- I mean, employment, I guess, is kind of theoretically yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. That's okay. a good one. How much money does everyone have? That's a good one. I guess that doesn't. Yeah, really but if matter. it's too much, then that's bad. That's dangerous. No, you don't. Certainly don't want people to have money. Well, not too much. Then we'll have inflation like we have now. Guess you're right. They saw it coming. I, I, I will say, say they saw it coming. Did we get closer to understanding it by having this debate? I, I think a little bit. further away. I think further away. Do we have a little dessert debate or something? Yeah, I. I do you guys want to like 
cleanse the palate here and get. Yeah, I'd love a, a sword. I, let's get have a this. quick debate and then I'll take a shower and we'll just a quick bed. one. Just a quick one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's Steve Healy taking the pro one last time. Let's go bass fishing. Okay, I'm Steve Healy uh, taking the pro. Yeah, that sounds fun. It's summer. We're here in California, uh, which actually has a number of lakes with huge bass in them. I learned this just the other day, actually. Like Lake Castaic has like, they're catching 20 pound bass up there. You get a boat, you go out fishing. Seems like people are having fun. Uh, Fishing is a famously fun, kind of chill, relaxing thing to do. It would be great to do with my buds. It's summer. It's a time of, if anybody wants to do anything, the default should be, yes, let's do it. And that's how I feel about bass fishing. It'll get us outside. Nature we will learn something about conservation. We'll learn a bit about water here in California. Always an important issue. That would be great. And just being on the water would feel good. Let's go. Dave, we've been fishing. We have fly fishing, not bass fishing. We had a great time. We, well, we had a great time, like, for a while, and let's be honest, it got pretty boring out there. I mean, it was beautiful, but also we didn't catch any fish, and it was like... That's not true. We caught some fish. Oh, I didn't catch anything. I don't know. Well, we're talking about bass fishing, regardless. Were you focused? Were you focused on fishing? No, in fact, the second day... fishing? No, I'm telling you, the second day I was so bored (laughs) that I stopped fishing and just took pictures and, like, walked (laughs) around and got high while everyone... Well, that can be part of the experience, you know? Like, like if I say, let's go bass fishing, you come bass fishing with us, spend the whole time just taking pictures and getting high. That's fine. You'll have a well, good time. Okay, I think, so and interestingly we'll get some cool enough, pictures. it's like, you know, the one nice thing about fly fishing versus bass fishing is that it's much easier to put down your rod and then just like walk around and do whatever you want. Whereas with bass fishing, you're stuck on a boat. And if God forbid you get motion sick or if you're like, I want to be done with this, you can't just like usually jump off the boat and then go like go whatever you want to do something else like this is a problem with bass fishing is that everyone needs to be on exactly the same page and if you're talking about getting a group of dudes together to be stuck on a boat also you make it sound so easy we'll just get we'll go up there we'll get a boat like those things aren't that easy i just look it up like castaic or whatever it's called that's an hour away i don't know how we're gonna get a boat you gotta rent a boat or like find someone who has a boat you gotta know how to operate the boat or you're gonna what paddle out there or something in a canoe or and you're Healy's making hand gestures right now that are like, yeah, because what if great. I said this to you about golf? How are we going to go golfing? What are, what are we going to get a cart? What, what clubs do I use? It, it sounds impossible. We'll figure it out. It's not well, hard. It's basketball. You know, that's designed like the to be way- fun. Healy, you know that the way we'll that call people go a guy golfing, who's called Lake Casaic Bass Fishing and it'll help us out. You must have to i would think that you would agree that the barrier of entry to golfing is much lower than fishing like there's literally like a clubhouse where you go and and if you showed up and said like i want to golf they would help you do everything you can to go golfing with fishing you might need to get a license place somewhere you can do that they can sell you a license that day i'm i'm sure they'll help us out there's okay, a spot so in addition to like, all like to go of, in addition to all of the logistics which okay really we should plan golf. i agree let's plan a little bit Okay, well, that's not let's go bass fishing. That's let's plan a bass fishing trip. Yeah, no, it's let's go bass fishing. I'll plan it. Let's go. Okay, well, that's a big second sentence that now you're just throwing in there. And by the way, is when you first said it, it was the implication was like, we can just wake up and go bass fishing whenever you want. It'll be great. What if it's hot out? What if it's super hot? What if it's unpleasant? What if we don't catch any bass? What if we, what if one of us gets a uh, boat sick, which is not uncommon at all? What if we, what if funny one of us sto- gets I'm injured? I'm hearing funny if, story after funny story. 
I think that the realistic like downside is that it's just super boring and that we wish we had done something else. And that like what you like you you realize you, like you go bass fishing, you don't catch anything and then you like schlep all the way back. You have to return the boat. That's 90 minutes out of your way or whatever it is. Then you got to drive home and you end up going like we could have just sat in my backyard all day or we could have gone golfing all day. That would have been fun. Why did we go bass fishing? We don't even have bass. If we caught it, we probably need to throw it back. We're not actually cooking the bass. If we caught anything at all, which we probably didn't like the the actual like the actual bass fishing itself, once you're actually able to get there is literally just sitting around outside unprotected from the sun on a lake, I'd actually rather just go out in a boat on a lake and say, like, let's go from point A to point B, or, like, let's just chill and have some beers on the boat than have to worry about getting all of, like, how do you get the fucking thing on the Lord? Can you help me? God damn it. My God. Now I'm bleeding because I got the thing stuck in my thing. These worms are disgusting. My hands are dirty. I can't really wash them off in the lake because then I get the water all over my shorts. It's a pain in the ass. I don't want to go bass fishing. Let's just go hang out. Everything you described, I think mean, it's my closing argument. Everything you just described sounded to me like a funny story waiting to happen, a memory to be made, uh, a bonding experience, uh, an interesting learning experience, uh, an engagement with the outside world. Will it be a disaster? So what? I don't care. Let's go bass fishing. Hmm. All right. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be a disaster? So what? Let's go bass fishing. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. happy with those being the last words. That's my t-shirt. <laughs> Listeners, I think I'm going to leave this one to you guys and you know, where do you fall? Are you the kind of person who wants to greet disaster, impending disaster with a smiling face or would you like to avoid it at all costs? <laughs> I don't know. I really, like to not for me run it depends. Right at it. I, I'm going to tell you this, the hot sun, like I'm thinking uh -huh. is what I'm thinking about the most. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's tough to get around. Because when you're on, when you're on the boat and it's hot, it's the worst, right? Because you can't yeah. get like the water's right fucking there and you want to yeah. get cool and you can't because your bro's fishing. And if you jump in, that screws it all up. So, ah. I don't know. The hot sun was a big one for me. I don't know if I want to go or not. Mate, can you bass fish in the winter? I would think so. I don't know. In California? I don't know. Yeah. In California, we don't know. sure. But maybe the bass are chilling like in the mud or something. And yeah, then, we, have no, we, we have no idea. You know where to find us. <laughs> Do we? And we eat these bass? I don't think you eat them. I think they're full of poison and you, uh, you're just torturing them. Right. And I give I a didn't know for me, to. I didn't get there. Okay. You're right. That is a good left on the table. Is that is you're torturing ass. Yeah, the poison, <laughs> poison and torture. Yeah, I mean the, between the sun and all of it, I'm not actually like raring to go. I'm actually the I fly would, fishing I would, sounds I would. good. Yeah, I want to go. Oh, fly fishing oh, interesting. sounds good. We reversed like, each other. Yeah, let's go bass fishing. It'll be so fun. Are oh. you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just crazy? have a canopy over the boat? Yeah, let's or does get it have a canopy to be those... boat. We can get that. We'll pay 10 bucks more or whatever. Or do you have to have those boats more? that you Is that what on... you think it is? I don't know. I don't know how much a canopy on the boat costs. Well, if there's like I eight guys, know. then that's 80 bucks. <laughs> that's probably yeah. how much more it is. 
Eight Guys sounds pretty fun. Now it's like an event. It's, now I'm like, okay, this right. is good. That's now a lot of lines tournament. in the water, though. Yeah. A lot they of lines. We could take two boats. Two boats. Two okay. boats. Okay. Okay. Mm, that's a lot of pressure to get on the good boat, though, because with eight dudes, there's going to be one boat. Oh, there's yeah. Two boat boats. The B boat. There always is, man. Uh, Not with the eight dudes is. I'm bringing. Not with my eight guys. I've got a Oh, them. there's Who two A boats. Etten, Craig, I don't know. <laughs> Craig okay, guys. that already awesome is dude. pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's hard to go yeah. wrong right there. Okay, <laughs> all right, I'm in. I'm, t- I'm seriously in. Let's go back. I'm down. Like, okay. Yeah, it's great. <sighs> is right, that where we, we do it. the next debates? On a boat? Yeah. I on mean... On a bass boat. No. I do. Hey, guys, you know where to find us. If you know anything about bass fishing, please Twitter, uh, greatdebate69 at gmail. Help us out said. before we get into trouble. Shout out. Wait, and what? You <laughs> okay, want guys, to tell well, us how to go bass fishing? Sure. If they have any, or maybe they're like, I hate bass fishing. I just they have to might go all have the time. The Don't do it. Into it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or like, you I should think. go here. It's worth the extra money, whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll take it back. Sure. Yeah. Great. Hit us up. After yeah. we pretend to know what we're talking about, we like people to tell us <laughs> actual reality of the thing. Um, hey, friends, I had a good time. Uh, being with you today on the great debates, and I hope sincerely to see you again or or hear from you again very soon. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.